Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirabbilalamin wa la aqibata lilmuttaqin everybody. Hope everyone is well. A bit cold at the moment, a bit yeah, miserable and all the rest of it. Lockdown and all the rest of it, blah blah blah. And uh, the whole situation with kids and schools and all the rest of it is a mess. Bas Allah al-musta'an. It is what it is, right? Alhamdulillah, All right, um, where are we at? We are going to be doing a couple of interesting pages, finishing off yani, a few issues concerning um, the wajibat, right? The wajibat being the, um, yani in, in, in sujood al-sahu terms, the wajibat are seen a little bit differently, as you're about to see. Let me read to you the Arabic of today's text. Okay, Imam al-Hajjawi, the author, okay, of Zad al-Mustaqni'a, his own work, all right. Um, he said, alayhi rahmatullah, uh, وَإِن شَكَّ فِي تَرْكِ رُكْنٍ فَكَتَرْكِهِ وَلَا يَسْجُدُ لِشَكِّهِ فِي تَرْكِ وَاجِبٍ أَوْ زِيَادَةٍ That's what we're doing today. وَلَا يَسْجُدُ لِشَكِّهِ فِي تَرْكِ وَاجِبٍ أَوْ زِيَادَةٍ وَلَا سُجُودَ عَلَى مَأْمُومٍ إِلَّا تَبْعًا لِإِمَامِهِ Okay? وَلَا سُجُودَ عَلَى مَأْمُومٍ إِلَّا تَبْعًا لِإِمَامِهِ I think this is probably going to be more than enough for today. The translation of that, after we covered last week, so we are on, uh, and I was late today, Sarah, normally you would be late, but I was late today. It's all going on, it's all going on. We are on 387 of the uh, commentary is my vol volume low i don't think the volume is low i think everything is quite yeah all right um so we are where are we man translation anyway so we did last week if one doubts that they have omitted a, a pillar it is considered as if it has been definitely omitted. That's what we finished last week. We start, right, today with, there is no prostration, according to the Hanbali school. Sorry, 385, you're right, Zakaria, my, my apologies. Um, there is no prostration required due to any doubt over whether he omitted an obligation, that's A, or B, added anything, yani ziyada. And it added anything to the prayer itself, like an extra raka'ah, extra ruku'ah, extra sajda. Okay, so according to the Hanabila, there is no prostration required if you doubt that you left an obligation or you doubt whether you added something to the prayer. The key word here is doubt. Obviously, if you know, then that's not the case. Um, there is no prostration for the follower unless the Imam does so. We're going to have a really uh, we're going to go into that in detail. That's what's going to make up today's lesson. It's not an easy. It's not an easy issue, actually, um, even for me. Um, long time I've not been comfortable with this uh, scenario. We'll have a little discussion about that. All right. So let's start with what Sheikh Uthameen uh, then starts with at the top of three hundred eighty-five, where he says that there is no, quoting Imam al-Hajjawi, there is no prostration required due to any doubt over whether he omitted. An obligation. So Sheikh says, so for example, if he's not sure, like, you know, did I pray the tashahud or not? Okay. Did I do it or not? 
بعد ان فارق محل يعني meaning that after that moment has gone okay so we're talking about uh, not during the moment so for example um this would be like if you're standing in the third rak'ah right of dhuhr and you're thinking did i do tashahhud or not just like right now yeah did i stand straight up after my two rak'ah or did i after my two rak'ah did tashahhud then i stood up and i'm in my fajr and i'm reading and i'm not sure and i'm thinking did i do tashahhud or not did i do tashahhud or not humbly school say that there is no sajda because this is adult all right uh and they said uh they and they said there's no there's no uh, uh, such that this is a bit further down the page for those who are following the arabic okay al thani because they said that لأنه شك في سبب وجوب السجود وهو ترك التشهد ولا أصل عدم وجود السبب فينتفي عنه وجوب السجود وهذا هو المذهب يعني the sheikh quotes the Hanabila and there is difference of opinion even in the Hanbali school on this issue let me just make it clear let alone the other schools but basically he's saying that there is no reason to doubt the performance of the uh, of the tashahud. So we should assume that the tashahud should have been done because this is after the act. After the act, there's no reason for us to, 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 to you know, why would you consider that you left it out? You need definite. And so you can see where they're thinking. And you might say, well, well hold on, why is this different to last week then? Why is this different to the concept of the, of the pillars? And one of the explanations given by the Hanabila is that they differentiate between the wajibat and the arkan because they consider that all the hadith that are talking about the uh, shak concerning uh, not all but they consider the obligatory nature of having to make a uh, 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 a sajda for missing a rukan because the hadith talk about the arkan in with respect to the arkan only not yani it's not applicable to the doubt concerning the sujood because if you if you think about the uh, hadith that we covered last week the prophet said if he's not sure whether he prayed three or four so then he goes with the lesser three or four what units units are arkan like it's like big things right so the hanabila like listen this is talking about the big things it's not talking about yani minor individual matters inside like you know like a wajib minor okay relatively minor so it's not talking about like a wajib and the hadith is talking about the big things, like the, the whole unit, like the rukan, the absolute fundamentals. So this is actually some of the reasoning why they kind of differentiated between it. Um, the second position, or another position, because uh, this, this obviously has two opinions, is that no, uh, if you doubt that you um, missed the wajib, i.e. that tashahud, whilst you're standing in that third rak'ah, okay, then... يعني دشك يعني أشك في تركه كتركه يعني the 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 doubt that you have missed out your wajib your tashahud is like you left it out because you doubted it and you have to do the sajd sahud obviously you don't go back we've already covered that right you're not going to go back and do it again because we've said that once you've moved when when it comes to obligations once you've moved from its area once you've moved on from its area then you don't go back yeah Whereas for a rukan, everything gets stopped right there. You know, you go straight back to the rukan. That's the big difference, of course. So if you have doubted 
that you've missed the the, the, the wajib, then that's basically like you've missed it. You're not going to go back, but afterwards you're going to do the uh, uh, afterwards you're going to do the 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 the, the, the sajda. The sajda, of course, when I say afterwards, I mean after the prayer, but I don't mean after the taslim. It's going to be before the taslim because whenever we miss out as a, a, an obligation, we said, then it's before. Whenever we've got doubt, it's before. Whenever we add something to the prayer, it's after. Whenever we have thought about the situation and then we're pretty sure we're okay, tahari is after the prayer. Four scenarios, remember. So that's the only the 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 the, the position. What's their evidence? Their evidence is the principle that al asl adam al fair that the basic principle. Yes, sujud qabli. The basic principle is that uh, you didn't do the action. That's the asl. The status quo is that you never did the action. And so if you doubt it, then you've doubted in something which the basic principle is that you never did it. It's like it's seeing it the exact opposite to the other opinion, right? And the other opinion, and the other way of looking at it is that the asl is that you've done the action. There's no reason that you wouldn't have done the action. So you see, this is actually very interesting for students of fiqh, uh, or maybe not for students of fiqh, I think it's just an obvious point when you're learning it. But for teachers, it's a really useful, um, it's a useful example to explain to students uh, or to explain to the masses, not to students, to explain to the masses why scholars differ. You know, Yasser Qadi, uh, he messaged me the other day and he said, listen, I need some, uh, give me some ideas for, um, uh, give me those masail. You know, he started this new series, right? You know, he loves his... Uh, he loves um, his thing. Imran, no, uh, Sarah's already written it uh, down and um, from last week. Just check Telegram group, okay? Um, so, you know, uh, Yasser loves all of his controversy, right? He loves to be able to go into things that have got difference of opinion. He's absolutely addicted to it, the fish, yeah? So, he goes to me, I need, though, I need some masail in which all the four imams differed. All the four imams had an individual opinion. And he has got, he's got good intentions. Of course, he always has good intentions. This is execution, which is a disaster. His uh, intention is to um, indicate to the students why you need to be tolerant. You know, it's all about tolerance and unity and all that kind of a class, right? So, uh, you know, I, I, so to show to people that we should be, you know, tolerant. Um, and he especially wanted examples. Now, obviously, I have hundreds of those because I teach Mu'amalat. And in Mu'amalat, yeah, and in, for example, finances and contracts and things like that. It's very common to have all of the scholars have all different types of opinions. Okay. But he was asking for something far more difficult. He was not asking just for the fact that there's, there's different opinions, but he wants to be able to show that they've all got different opinions because of the way they looked at it, i.e. because they differed in their usul. Now that is a lot more difficult to find. A lot more difficult, let alone in ibadat like this fiqh. This is kind of an example. It doesn't produce four different opinions, but this is an example of how an, an opinion can differ from a fundamental point of view. Because there is not necessarily a direct explicit text that is going to be, that's for me, my text is for me, and your text is for you. I think the hadith is, weak, is authentic, you think it's weak. That's like, you know, easy kind of thing. No, a, a much more nuanced kind of example that would be interesting to the public, you need to try and make them calm down and realize to respect all of the madahib and the scholars, okay, is yani, when you see, when you show a person that, you know, it is quite acceptable, don't you think, for you to think that the basic principle is that you haven't done an action. And therefore, if you haven't done an action because the basic principle is that we don't do actions, then 
if you've doubted that you've done the action, then that doubt should be given more strength because the basic principle is that you haven't done an action because we don't do actions unless we actually will them into existence. Getting philosophical, philosophical about it. And then on the other side, another scholar could turn around and say, but we do these actions all the time and you've moved on from that moment and you don't normally miss it out. And once the, the action is there, we would need more than just a doubt to tell us that we haven't done it because the normative position is that we're doing it. And that we and the normative position is that I would always do it. And that the normative position is that there would need to be a damn good reason for me to not do it or have not done it. So depending upon how you start, you come at two completely different rulings. So anyway, this is like one of those examples, except that it only produces two. To find differing in your approach to lead to four different individual opinions is incredibly difficult. And I did give him a few. You know what? I gave him some examples. Yeah, and some of my own favorite ones from my own kind of... Uh, what did I say? What are the examples that I gave? Um... So, the positions of the hands in the prayer, okay, the movement of the finger into shahud. Although they are, they're not, these are not great. There are four opinions. Uh, there are four opinion examples, but they're not the perfect golden example of four opinions with differing on usul. In some of these four positions of the prayer, of the imams, differing positions of the imams. The usul is pretty kind of maybe similar, but it's, of, it's, diff, it's differing on hadith and availability of hadith and interpretation of hadith, which of course, which is of course a version of differing in usul, but not like the example I just gave, right? Which is a really good example. The movement of the finger into shahud, the minimum people, the minimum number of people required for a jumu'ah, the minimum number of people required for jumu'ah. They all have four different positions. These are the ones I took off the top of my head. And if you go around and look at it more. In Mu'amalat, there's so many. Oh my God. In Mu'amalat. But he wasn't interested in Mu'amalat. You know, because he's, he, this is why he's a little rascal. Yeah. He wasn't interested in Mu'amalat. He goes, because people are, are bored with Mu'amalat. They don't, they don't, they don't find it exciting and interesting. Because they don't, you know, they don't understand it. Right. So giving a really good kind of example comes across as highbrow. Right. Like it's above the level. Honestly, man. Missions. Right. Anyway. So these are the two approaches. Now. Sheikh Uthaymeen, he says, um, out of the, he doesn't agree with either opinion. He's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, our, our opinion has already been established. We go by Ghalib al-Dhan. We don't believe in this concept of Shak or X or Y or Z. It's enough for us to be, believe yani, with some level of probability, i.e. likely. All right. And I keep mentioning beyond reasonable doubt. But then Shazad Amin made beyond reasonable doubt like 95%. And I don't know what, what the evidence for that is. I don't think beyond reasonable doubt is 95%. But anyway, uh, 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 I thought it was between, you know, 55, 60%, 70%, 80%. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, my point is, is that it's not 50-50. You're likely is what I want to basically say. Whatever you think is to be more likely is what you go with. But anyway, he still wants to make a comment on these two positions. He says that actually... The correct approach is this latter one, which is that you say that um, uh, 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 that if you doubt in the actual action, uh, the asl is that you've not done it. The asl is that you know, you've not done it. So if you've got doubt, then it should be taken seriously. 
Sheikh says that's the correct thinking, but that's not going to give the correct answer because doubt doesn't mean anything. You've got to have some kind of yani ghalib al Okay? So that's why Sheikh at the bottom of the page says, But if you take the more correct position, then, and that is to follow yani, what you think is likely, right? So if you. So if you are pretty sure that you did do that tashahud, okay, then you don't need to make a tashahud, okay? You don't need to make a tashahud. And remember, this is after you've after the, the place of the tashahud, and it's only for an obligation, and it's your standing, you, you, you know, so I, please, and this is why I said this is quite confusing, all right? If this was a, a rukan, it would be a different matter. But because it's an obligation and you don't need to go back to it, that's the fundamental point. All right, you're not. This is not taharri as such. Okay, this is not taharri, right? Because you don't need to make a big shout about whether to make a move or not. A fundamental move. So anyway, so Sheikh, so the class position is this. I'm going to quote it. If you believe more so than not that you did do the tashahud, the first tashahud, whilst you're standing in the third rakah, yeah, and you you think did I do it? No, I did do it. You don't have no sajda, you just move straight on. You've gone past it anyway. There's no sajda at the end of the prayer. Okay? And secondly, And if it, if it, if it's more likely to you that you didn't perform the tashahud, then you will need to make a sujood. And the sujood here is going to be before the salam because this is you doubting whether you missed an obligation. So you're assuming that and you think that it, that's right that you did miss this obligation and so therefore when you miss an obligation the sajda is before because this is deficiency remember every deficiency in the prayer and the deficiency is only going to be in obligations it can never be a def deficiency in uh, arkan because as i said before if you ever miss out a rukan you have to go back and do it again anyway which means that you end up adding a sum cumulative total of adding to the prayer that's why always is after the prayer even though you miss out the rukan in principle but then you go back to it and then you do it. So that means you've done extra ups and downs and X's and Y's. So more to the prayer. Therefore, it's going to be at the uh, end after the Taslim. Okay. So every naqs is going to be beforehand. All right. I hope that makes sense. All right. I hope that makes sense. Uh, uh, we can, we can, you know, uh, summarize it by saying that uh, doubt is to, to, you know, like Yanimesa said nicely, actually. Sorry, doubt you missed your belt. Yeah, and it's too late now. You have to be messing around with me. But if you're sure that you've missed something or you did something after the time has gone, there is no sujood for it. After the time, meaning that you've moved past that position. And of course, we're talking about obligations. Uh, going back here now, Zakaria said a little while back that because you have the madhab is because you have doubt on whether or not you missed a wajib, okay, uh, you in essence have doubt in the condition that obligates the sujood. And since the asal of that condition is that it doesn't exist, then you don't do the sajda. Correct. That's the position of the Hanbali school. Our class position is that if, as long as you think it's more likely, then you do it. If you don't think it's more likely, then you've not missed it. You don't make the sajda. And that sajda is going to be before Tisli. All right. You know, uh, uh, and I know that I said it, but, uh, you know, I don't remember what I say at all until you remind me. So then I think, yeah, that, that sounds nice. Oh, that was me. Oh, that's mashallah. <laughs> right. So the second part is Oziada. At the top of 386, yeah? So, لو شك هل زاد في صلاته, all right? If he now 
has doubt whether he has increased in his uh, prayer. If you are in doubt, then you need to consider it. Uh, 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 we said, if you are in doubt, if you are 50-50, right? If you are a 50-50, um, did I do it or not? And you got no preponderance, whatever, then you assume that it's not done. If you are in doubt. Uh, 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 sorry. Uh, uh, if you are, then you assume the ruling for doubt. That's what I mean. So 50-50, I don't know. I have a solution for this one. I don't know. I make the sajda before the taslim at the end. Basically, you know, going along with that position. Okay? But we believe, but you see, uh, what the Hanabila basically saying is that anything other than certainty is, uh, that, that, that's, the, that's the problem here. They're, they're putting forward that anything other than certainty is going to be doubt. We're saying, no, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a position in between that we believe that something is more likely. Yeah? We, we believe in that, that position. And based upon that, even though we're not certain about something, we will either do the sajda or not the sajda according to what we actually feel the preponderant likely position to be. All right. So um, now we're talking about increasing in the prayer. So according to the Hanbalis, if he doubts that he has increased into uh, 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 Yani, if he has if he if he doubts that he is added to the prayer, there is no sajda. That's the humbly position. Why? Because the asl is that you haven't done that increase. So why would you? Right? The asl is that you haven't increased the prayer and you're doubting whether you've increased the prayer, so ignore it. That's basically the humbly position. And this of course is now more than just obligations, right? This is to do now with everything in the prayer. Arkan, yani, okay? Serious matters in the prayer. So the Sheikh gives an example. For example, He's there sitting in the last uh, unit of Salat uh, al in the fourth rak'ah, in the final tashahud, about to call it a day, and suddenly says, have I prayed four or five? Have I prayed four or five? He definitely knows that he's prayed four, but he actually thinks that he might have increased it by one, so he's doubting in an increase. That's what it means by doubting in an increase. Okay, That's the scenario. Okay, so what's the position according to the Hanabila? The Hanabila is saying there is no sajda upon him, there is no sajda to do. Okay, the unit that yani, uh, 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 the, the, the minimum number of the two is four, and there's no doubt about that. So he's got no doubt in his mind that he's definitely prayed for. He's definitely prayed for. And now that he knows that he's definitely prayed for and the possibility is that he's prayed five, but he's already gone past the point of making some adjustment or not. That's important. He's gone past the moment, right? Of, of you know, so if he was coming up from the third, you know, and standing up and thinking, is this now my fourth or my fifth? That's something else. He's in the moment. But now he's actually finished the fourth and he's doubting whether he's prayed four or five. Now, I know this gets a little bit funky. Yeah? So, you know, so he's now, but he knows for a fact that he's actually prayed four and he's gone past the point of no return as such. And therefore, he should apply that principle that the basic asal, the status quo, is that he hasn't done another action. He hasn't increased it. That the that the the basic status quo is is the is the absence of an extra unit. That's what you should assume, 
So he assumes that and therefore there is no sajda. That's the humbly position. That's why you don't make a sajda if you have a doubt about an increase. Right? Unlike yani, last week, which was you having a doubt of a decrease. Did I pray three or four? And then you're having to make yani, a decision and normally going for the lesser one and then adding it. You're doing serious yani, changes. And you're in the moment to sort it out. How are you going to sort out four or five? Yani, when, it's, when, uh, when you're not even sure whether you've prayed five. A different scenario. So this is a unique scenario. So it's a, it's a good example. Now, Sheikh then adds, so you, you, you discard your shak, you throw away your doubt, and you don't even make sajda. You say, listen, I don't know whether four or five, who knows, yani, but I've, def I've definitely prayed four. That's the main thing. Right? So ignore this five yani, behavior and just finish the prayer. No sajda, that's the humbly position. All right? Sheikh continues, But if it becomes absolutely certain that he prayed five, so he's now, he's now sitting there in the four rakah, okay? In the fourth, and he said, what well, he thinks of the fourth. And he now counts and he counts and he sees himself moving up and down and he realizes the amount of times he got up after the first tashahud and he sees three. And then he goes, oh my God, I have prayed five. Yeah, I have prayed five. So now he knows that he's prayed five. Okay. Right. Now he has to make sujood al And that's going to be uh, after. Okay. Because he's added something to the prayer and he knows that he's added to the prayer. But then in fairness, the humble position is not talking about that, right? The humble position said doubt, if he's got doubt about it. But here now, I'm just adding what Sheikh Uthman means adding here, is a point if you're certain, just to make it clear. If you are certain, then you do need to then make that sajda. So there's a number of scenarios that come out of this, okay? Another number of scenarios uh, or, or examples that we can give. So for example, the first scenario is if a person, uh, uh, or, for, or, or a number of options, uh, if a person is doubt, Doubting whether he increased or not, then he realized that he did. Yani he so he thought about it. Have I done four or five? Thinks, thinks, and he's like at the end of the fourth. That's the main point. So when Ibrahim says, What do we mean by past the moment? We're not, you see, because we've been using past the moment in, in the last couple of months, talking about the prayer zone after the prayer is finished and you've moved away. And, you know, there's, there's a time and a physical dimension to that 10-15 minutes, you know, out in a car park, in a car. You know, we'll be speaking about that. All right. That's not what we're talking about here now. When we're talking about past the moment, okay, we're talking about in the prayer to make a difference about that, that point. To make an actual, to be able to fix it. So, for example, past the moment, if you're about to miss your tashahud, you're about to stand up is, as I said to you, the class position is, is that if you are closer to sitting down than you are standing up, then you're still in the moment. But if you stood up and you're kind of, you know, then you've gone past the moment to fix the mixing, to fix the, miss, the, fix the missing out of the first tashahud. If you've stood up, you've gone past the moment. So likewise, if your person is, is sitting there, yani in the fourth rakah, thinking of I prayed four and five, what are you going to do? You've gone past any moments anyway. And anyway, you believe that, you know that you've prayed four anyway. So what on earth is going on? So don't get too caught up in this point. Because you know, yeah? it's already confusing as it is. And you can, I, I can see that you can make yourself even more confused by it. I think. Um, all right. So what did I say? The first scenario is if you are doubtful that you increased in the prayer and then you realize that you have, then you must, it's obligatory for you to make the sajda. And that's going to be after the prayer for an increase in the prayer. Okay, after the salam because of an increase in the prayer. The second scenario is that shakka fi ziyada, hal fi'l ziyada, thumma tabayyana adma. 
Okay, so now a person, right, is doubting whether he ha is, has done more whilst in the act itself. Okay, and then it becomes clear that he didn't. It becomes clear that he didn't increase that prayer or increase on the prayer. According to the madhab, because he has certain because now there's certainty, he did a little bit of action of doubt. According to the madhab, you must make the sajda in this particular scenario. Because this raka'ah was done because of with, with doubt, mutaraddida. Okay? Yeah, and he wasn't sure whether it was likely or not likely. So this is during it. So he's doing the fourth raka'ah, for example, not sure if this is the fourth or the fifth. He's not sure. He's not sure. Then after he finishes, he realizes he is sure. We're going to make him do sajda. The, 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 the school is going to make uh, him to do a sajda. Okay? And the class position, Sheikh Ruthamin, is in line with that. Because once you're certain of something and you were uncertain before, this is taharri. And so we would also agree that you would make the sajda and it would be after the salam though for us. Okay? Al-Halathalitha, the third scenario, is if a person is doubtful about uh, the increase but gone past it, then there is no sajda because that the, the, the basic principle is that he didn't mess up and there's no reason for him to yani, do a sajda. So there's no sajda, just like the text of the school says. Okay? And... Sheikh then adds a point, he goes, you know, we've got to remember that this doesn't apply to if you know for certain. And of course we know that because um, the author says, if you doubt, if you have certainty about anything that you, you increased in the prayer, for example, okay, um, then, then, you know, you would, you, would, uh, you would do it. This is after the taslim, correct. This is after the salam. Whenever there's an increase, it's after the salam. Whenever there's a decrease, it's before the salam, Okay. Um, Sheikh also mentions the point He goes if a person doubts In an action That he's increased Whilst he's doing it That increase But he's doubting it Okay And then afterwards Realizes that he didn't Okay He must make the Sujood al-Sahu He must yani, make the Sujood al-Sahu Because he did some part of the prayer with doubt he did some part of the prayer with doubt. Okay? And then he became clear. And we always said that whenever you got doubt and you become clear, the harri, then there's a sajda to be done. For us, again, this is after the taslim. After the taslim. Okay? Scenario number three was if you doubt that you've done the increase, okay, after you've moved away from it. So you've gone past it now. Like your miles past. You're in the fourth raka'ah and you're doubting whether you uh, uh, did the, the fifth one or, or whatever. Okay? So I hope that that makes sense. Listen, listen. Honestly, there's a lot of detail here and a lot of yan yiv or whatever. I'm going to summarize this for you. Literally, like I summarized it last week and I summarized it at the beginning of this class. When it comes to missing, an act, when it comes to mistakes in the prayer, all of your problems and mistakes and issues, okay, all of them will fall into four categories. Four possibilities. Doubt, 
missing an obligation with certainty, increasing an act of the prayer, having doubt and then becoming certain, what we call tahari. If you have missed an obligation in the prayer, you realize it that you've missed the position, you've missed it. And I mean for certain, realized it. Okay, you know that you didn't say Subhan Rabbi Al-Azim or, or Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la or do the tashahud and you've gone past that act already, moved on to the next position in the prayer. Then you've got to make a sajda and that's going to be before the taslim. That's it. If you are certain, guys, if you are pretty sure that you did the same, you also will assume the same and you will make the, you'll assume that you've missed it and you'll do the sajda before yani, the taslim. If you have doubt about whether you missed it, then it's to be ignored. You do not, yani, uh, uh, because it's an obligation, it is uh, not fundamentally changing the prayer. The basic principle is that one uh, does not need to um, uh, uh, as the, 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 the uh... sorry, 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 the, 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 just the last point, I just want to uh, edit. If a person has doubt and that they and that they didn't yani, do the prayer, they didn't do the wajib, and they're not sure about it, they're not yani, uh, 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 you know, it's, it's it's not clear to them whether they did it or not, then they should not do the, uh, they should do the, ob- the obligatory sujud sahu because of the doubt, and that's before the taslim. You know, I might have messed this all up, by the way. I can't even remember now what I said in my explanation. Let me just start again, just in case. If you know for certain that you missed an obligation and you've gone past the, the, its, its, its position, you've got to make sujood sahu before taslim. If you think that you've missed a, 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 an obligation and you've gone past its position, then you've got to do sujood uh, sahu. Then you've got to do sujood sahu and that is before the taslim. And if you are not sure about you've missed an obligation or not and you've gone past its position, then you should do the sujood sahu. Then you should do the sujood sahu. If you are within the moment, that's three kind of examples. If you are within the moment of yani, nearly moving on, but you're closer to doing the obligation and you can catch it, then you do it and you don't do no sujood sahu. All of that is to do with doubt. Uh, all of that is to do with missing out on obligation. If you've done any doubt, then that's also before the testim. So all of doubt and missing out things, all of doubt in any part of the prayer, and any missing out obligations, they're always before, before the 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 the, the, the taslim. If you ever add anything to the prayer, or you miss out a rukan, then you will always do the surah after the taslim. Always, okay. If you doubt it about the arkan as well, and you can't yani, remember doing it, you need to yani, take then the lesser number, and you will end up yani if it's arkan. This is the point. Arkan, you will then go back to it. And once you go back to it, you will automatically add actions to it. That's why it will be after the prayer. And likewise, if you've come across a belief in your head or thought, you think that you've done this or you think you've done that, and then you think about it and you realize that you're okay, you realize that yani, that you've, you've, you, you had some doubt, but now you've fixed it, you will then do the sajjud sahu afterwards as well. So you've got two before, and two after the two before the taslim, two after the taslim, and this has already been put into some tables already. And I can even share one from my own fiqh salah notes, which I wrote years ago. But Sarah did it, 
I think. But anyway, the point is, is that doubt and missing obligation before, adding to the prayer and doing tahari, becoming certain after having doubt before, then that is going to be after the testing. That's a summary. That's all you need to know. Okay, folks? Right. And I will, and, um, and for all students, um, you know, actually, one of the students of Sheikh Uthameen, he summarized... Not just from here, but from some of his fatawa um, that he used to give on the radio station and other programs on the issue of Sujud Sahu. He summarized yani, all of his teachings into a little kind of essay. Okay? And it's called Thingy. And I do, and it's a very well known piece in Arabic, and I'm pretty sure it's available in English as well. And it is a very good summary of this entire chapter. Okay? And um, I will find it and I will put it uh, in the group. Because I think I do have it somewhere. I have the Arabic. Maybe I might even have the English. But the English translation, I remember reading it years ago. Okay? And it's fine. And this will make it super clear. It will make it super clear. But we needed to go through the evidences ourselves because that's just lazy just going through a translated document. Okay? Right. Let's now go on to وَلَا سُجُودُ Okay? وَلَا سُجُودَ عَلَى مَأْمُومٍ إِلَّا تَبَعًا لِإِمَامِهِ Let's actually do a couple of questions before... We uh, do this. Should the sajda sahu be made for each mistake? I.e. you made a mistake in the first rakah of the hajjud. So first of all, this is coming up later. Alright? In terms of how many and so on and so forth. Okay? Um, uh, uh, and, I, and I want to take that in its right kind of place. You make a mistake in the first rakah of the hajjud, but forget to do the sajda after the set of two rakah. You proceed, then make another mistake in say the six Raka'ah, reminding you of the first mistake, do you then make sajda sahu twice? I think that's a bit different. If that's the same prayer, it's only going to be one. But if you've got different ones, then there'll be multiple. But we will cover that. Okay, Asma, we will definitely cover that. Only in case of doubt on an obligation, past the moment, we don't do a sajda sahu. If you've got doubt of an obligation, past the moment, we will do sajda sahu. Okay? If you are in a scenario where you believe that you've missed something out, but you're not sure, okay, then we will. My head is spinning, by the way. So I hope that I've got that right. And I haven't contradicted myself in or something what I've already said before. But those who are writing notes will be able to see that because I'm not being able to speak at all. All right. But that's that's my position. Alright, uh, where are we now? Let's look at Sarah's uh, summary. If you doubt within the moment about doing an obligation, do the obligation and no such that. That's right. That's right. Missing an obligation with certainty. I don't man, that's the problem. Have any coke. Uh, missing an obligation with certainty after the moment, such the people to sleep. Missing an obligation. Uh, uh, most likely after the moment, um, I mean, you think it's most likely after the moment, sajda before testing. Missing an obligation with doubt and unsure about it after the moment, sajda before testing because of praying with doubt. That's excellent. Sarah, that's absolutely excellent. That's exactly, so you see, see, something in text is always a bit, always better than person just mising it out. If you add it to the prayer, sajda after testing. If you miss a rukan, you go back to the rukan sajda. After the taslim, if you're unsure and you make tahari, again, tahari is 
you're not sure, then you sit, you count, you go, oh, I'm all right. Then sajda after the taslim. That sajda is almost like to say, you know, I let myself down a little bit. I need to be better. That is the perfect summary. What Sarah has just done here is the perfect summary. End of Bismillah, MashaAllah, Tabarakar Rahman. I always said that the Egyptians, they do have a use. They take time to come through. It takes us a little bit of a while again for us to realize them, but they do have a value. It's not very much, but it's something. And you know, in a world of nothing, something is a lot. Something is a lot. Dahil Masr. Dahil Masr. Right. Um, there is no prostration for the follower unless the Imam does so. Okay? Unless the Imam does so. This is really interesting. A lot of it is quite easy. Right? And, but then it is, it gets a bit complicated. It gets a bit complicated. I love Egyptians, just want to say. Right. Um, and this, by the way, when we say there's no prostration, okay. When we say, yani, uh, 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 no prostration, we mean no, not for shek. Not for ziyada, not for naqs. Yani, we're talking yani, pretty much all of the sujood. Why is that? Why is that? Because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّمَا جُعْلِ الْإِمَامُ لِيُعْتَمَّ بِهِ فَلَا تَخْتَلِفُ عَلِيهِ Hadith, yani, which is sahih. Let me give you the reference. Page 67. This is about as authentic a hadith as it gets. Uh, hadith, 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 uh, hadith, Bukhari. Yeah, hadith, Bukhari, hadith number 780. Okay. Right, so the, uh, the, the translation of the hadith is that uh, indeed the imam has been placed to be followed. The imam has been placed in front of you or has been made to be followed or has been placed in front of you to be followed. So do not differ from him. Don't yani, go off on your own little thing. Okay, obviously we talked about the exceptions to that earlier on. Yani, in those scenarios where there's absolute certainty that you know he missed, he messed up the prayer. That was a couple of months ago, but don't bring that into it, okay? But that's because that's an obligatory nature of absolute certainty yani, from the whole crowd. It's not you just making your own judgment call. This is the whole audience, yani, the whole ma'mum, the, the, the whole musallin, yani, absolute certain, and, and, and he's messed up. And then, of course, then you go and you separate. But that's like a very rare scenario. Remember, just let me just also emphasize that even if a person believed that but wasn't sure, Right, wasn't sure about it, then he'd be okay to carry on. Right, to obligate a person to separate from their prayer requires a big shout, and that shout is not something which is easy to to, to justify. Okay, anyway. Now sujood sahu is something which is wajib. It's not a, a, a rukan of the prayer. It's a wajib in itself, and um, there's a basic qaida fiqhia a maxim. Okay, Hamza will enjoy this one. That the obligations are pardoned 
يعني when following the imam okay meaning that when a person is not يعني when he misses out the um when he misses out the uh obligations like he forgets to say subhana rabbil a'la or he forgets to do something else but he's following the imam yeah when i when i teach fiqh salah and put it in a much more kind of friendlier way the imam and the barakah of being in a jama'ah is more than just a reward he soaks up all your mistakes he picks it all up yeah and everything that you forget poor quality salah just poor spirituality poor khushu you still get the reward of the jama'ah and then from a legal point of view as well if you mess up yani inside the prayer then he's going to soak that up as well so if you don't say certain things and also it's not just so neat and convenient as saying it's just the obligation sometimes the odd rukan as well right like in exceptional circumstances like we know that if you catch the imam in ruku'ah you haven't for example said any of this uh, obligatory uh, subhan rabbil azims with the imam and you still got the ruku'ah even more than that the takbir al-ihram with the imam you didn't even get even more than that you didn't even recite surah al-fatiha which is like from the most emphasized arkan in the prayer and I want you to know, I want you to feel that when you're praying behind an imam, one of the great reasons to pray behind an imam, they got your back big time, big time. They're covering lots and lots of different scenarios for you. All right. But there are limits. And that's what we need to try and um, that's what we need to try and. Um, oh, sugar, what have I just done? OK, I, I clicked on the thingy to check that that's the one that I uh, I remember. And I've now gone off the. I've gone off the portal. But this is the one. The formatting doesn't look great, but this is the one. So this is the one that we can share in the group as well, but this is definitely the one. Okay, folks? So, I hope I'm still here because I've completely left the portal. Yeah, I am, yeah. Okay, good. Right. So, so for example, if the imam... So... So there's going to be lots of kind of examples of this. Let's go through all different examples and look at all the kind of, you know, scenarios and the outcomes. So, for example, if the imam stands up after two raka'ah and forgets the first tashahud, which is an obligation, you've still got to do it, right? He forgot, but you didn't. So even while he was standing up, you didn't know what was going on. Or he stood up, rather. He's saying, Allahu Akbar. And you're still like in sajda, for example. And you're thinking that he's sitting down, right? You're not meant to be rushing around, are you? So you're taking your time nice and slow and you're getting up. And when you get when you're getting up, you actually look and you realize that Imam's standing up and he's actually even started reciting. You're still sitting there. You're in fact, you're still in sajda. How about that? You've got plenty of time to sit there and do your obligatory tashahud, correct? However, you don't. Consensus on that. You get up and you follow the Imam. Tashahud is gone. And the tashahud going is no small matter. But it's gone and it's pardoned because the imam is being followed. The imam soaks up this reality. That's the first example. Second example. So you're praying a four raka'ah prayer, dhuhr, and you enter into the second raka'ah with the imam. Okay? Uh, meaning you start Yani from this position, okay? You start, yani you're late, that's what I mean. So, your first raka'ah is the second raka'ah of the imam and the congregation. They're in the second raka'ah, which, excuse me, which is your first raka'ah. Okay? Alright. 
your proper tashahud al-awwal, your first tashahud, your first tashahud, legal proper tashahud needs to come after two rak'ah, because this is your first rak'ah. However, the imam is going to sit down in a minute, because he's, pray, he's, praying, he's praying his second rak'ah, and you end up doing your tashahud with him, Perfectly okay for him and them in their second rak'ah, but not a legal tashahud for you, actually, because it's happening in your first rak'ah. For you to do your tashahud properly, it's got to be after two rak'ah, i.e. in the third rak'ah of the prayer. However, the imam's not going to sit down for you. He's going to carry on with the prayer. That shows that the obligatory first tashahud that should be done in the third rak'ah of the prayer is going to be pardoned from you and you are going to be and you are going to be expected to stand up and, and ignore the situation. Right? That's because your obligation, and when it should ideally happen for you, has been lifted due to you following the imam. Okay? It is obligatory to stand with him, and to sit with him, etc, etc, etc. So, Sheikh says, So, if, if an obligation in the prayer is pardoned. Alright? In the prayer because of following the Imam. Okay? Sujood al-Sahwi itself is also obligatory. So this also is something which a person does not need to do because of the mutaba, because of the following of the Imam. That, yani you having to fix that that has been lifted just like the obligation itself was lifted. That's why even though you're in the wrong place and the wrong whatever, yeah, it's actually been covered by the imam. Okay? And it is essential though. It is essential though. Okay? That nothing is left out of the prayer. What does that mean? We're at the top of page 388. Now I'm going to understand. That you must have started the prayer with the Imam. And when I say start the prayer with the Imam, I mean that there is nothing that needs to be made up afterwards. You can't be masbuk. If you are masbuk, yeah, what does that mean? It means the one who has missed the first rak'ah. Okay? Yani, missed the first rak'ah means that you uh, missed the ruku'ah. And that therefore, after the salah, you've got something to make up. Either one rak'ah, two rak'ah, three rak'ah, etc. All of this rule is based upon that. You have to have joined the Imam and caught him in the first rak'ah and nothing to make up after the prayer. That's the condition. If you have missed that first rak'ah or any more than that, then the rules are entirely different. And not only the rules are entirely different, you will almost always, if there are mistakes in the prayer, remaining prayer, do have to make sujood al even though you're praying in a congregation. And that's going to be at the end of your prayer, when everybody else is gone and you're still making things up. I hope that makes sense. Let me give the examples to make it clear. So for example, there's a person, he uh, is behind the imam in the prayer, he's a ma'mum, he's a musalli, ma'mum, and a follower, and he forgets to say, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, in the uh, uh, ruku'ah. He doesn't say, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Now, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, at least once, is an obligation from the wajibat of salah. 
he's forgotten it. However, he is praying behind the Imam from the beginning. He did Allah Akbar with him, he's absolutely from the beginning. Or he came a bit late and joined in Fatiha. Or even worse, he came and he joined him in the Ruqua, but he still caught the first Raka'ah. This person does not have to make Sujood al-Sahu. If he was praying by himself, he would have to do Sujood al-Sahu because he missed out on obligation. Because he's praying behind the Imam and he didn't miss any part of the prayer, he does not have to do Sujood al-Sahu. That's point one. That's an example. Another example. If he came in the second Raka'ah, missed the first Raka'ah behind the, the Imam, and in that second or third raka'ah, whatever one, he missed an obligation. Like Subhanahu Rabbil Azim in the Ruku'ah. In this scenario, he now has to, after the Imam gives Assalamu Alaikum Rahmatullah, he stands up and carries on his prayer. He goes, Allahu Akbar, and he starts reciting Fatiha, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, because he's got to make up another raka'ah. In this scenario, he has to do sujood al-sahu at the end of his prayer. At the end of his prayer, his own. They might have gone, they might still be there, it doesn't matter. Why? Because in this scenario, the hadith does not apply now. And Nabi Sallallahu said, Do not differ from him. If you were praying behind an imam whilst you are all together, and you know, Everybody goes, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And you, yani there, you go, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Allahu Akbar, right? Or even before, or be, let's say before the, the salam, actually, to make it easier, right? At that moment, you've differed from the Imam. You've differed in the structure of the prayer and everything. Yani, and it's fitna, and that's disrespectful, and it's not allowed, and you're going against the hadith, and everything, everything, right? Now, if the prayer is gone and done, by definition, you're differing from the Imam because you're standing up and the nature of your prayer is going to be different and longer and maybe shorter and blah. He's not even there. The Jama'ah is not even there. You might have three rak'ah to make up. You're not differing from the Imam. And when I say not differing, I mean, obviously you're differing, but you're not causing the difference, if that makes sense. You're not creating the problem. You are an obligatory different, different person now. And now you take individual responsibility. It's like... I say that you lose the protection of the Imam. Once that you've got to make prayer up, you've lost the protection of the Imam. It's similar like when we talked about in the chapter of the Sutra, right? We said that when you're praying behind the Imam, right, then people can go up and down, up and down, up and down. And if you're on one of these really long kind of lines and you join the prayer super late and you're like, you know, in some of these mosques, like, you know, especially if you've got to the Haram and you join the Jama'ah late, you're miles, yani, from the Imam. Soon as the Imam says, you are now naked. You are now not protected anymore. Now you've got to start protecting your prayer zone now. You get what I'm trying to say? Because people are now walking up and down. You've lost his protection. Similarly, if you are going to have to get up now and you've lost physical protection, you've lost like a legal protection and you lost a spiritual protection as well. You make any mistakes, you've got to make such a sound. All right? Okay? I hope that that makes sense. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's become alone, he's now individual in his prayer. Um. Illa that can do taban li imam So, now also likewise, the statement says there is no prostration for the follower unless the imam does so. 
And what that means, unless the Imam does so, it means that even if he didn't make the mistake himself, right, then he needs to do it. So I didn't forget to say Subhana Rabbi al A'la. So for example, so for example, uh, so if the Imam gives a sajda, you're gonna follow him. It doesn't matter whether you made a mistake or you made, prayed the perfect prayer or not. If the Imam makes sajda, you must follow him because the Prophet ﷺ said that the Imam has been placed to be followed and don't differ from him. So for example, and you will never know. So, so sometimes the Imam will just go Allahu Akbar and you're always, when you do that, you think, oh, you must have, you must have forgotten something or you must have had some doubt. You're not, your job is not to prove it or not disprove it. He might be charitable and turn around afterwards and say, yeah, guys, I forgot to say, I forgot to say Subhana Rabbil A'la in my sajda. You would never know that because you don't hear that aloud anyway. Only he can make that decision. That's why you always follow the imam. When he makes a sajda, you follow him. If he doesn't make the sajda, you, don't, you, you follow him. You don't know. So that's, that's, that's an important um, uh, thing. It, it's not dependent upon your quality of the uh, prayer. It's not de- dependent upon you. Okay? Now, Sheikh now mentions something interesting. And this is difficult for me. Sheikh says this is all uh, this is all about when you say is this the class position what we're talking about? Oh no this is the class position yeah. This is a position that all the scholars accept by the way. That the Imam protects the the Imam protects the uh, Shisma the, 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 the Musalli. That's the Imam's that's, that's a, a, a widespread position. Um, yeah, the uh, you know I was just dreaming about something. Uh, now, Sheikh now says, however, all of this. Let me just, uh, before I move on to this position, before I get into something which is really complicated. Do I want to get into this? You know what? I think it makes sense that we pause here and we do questions. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because I can also get, maybe write some stuff out for this. If someone can remind me on like Tuesday to, you know, get some resource. I think that's going to work out much better for everyone. For me and the explanation and everything. Okay. Yeah. So let's just do some of the questions here, folks. Okay, if you've got questions now on this subject, let's finish that off. Okay. You know, uh, Rehan, it's not just a long point, all right? It's actually very doubtful. Yeah, and I'm not comfortable with this issue. And uh, it, it's a difficult issue, actually. So it, it definitely makes sense that we should cover it next week. Right, um, so a couple of questions. Uh, just to be clear, this does not include the imam missing a rukun in which we have to break away if we are aware and they refuse to correct it. Correct, yeah. I made that very clear in the class just about 15-20 minutes ago. And it is uh, uh, 
uh, it is uh, uh, we covered that a couple of months ago. Okay. Um, if there are two situations in your salah for one for which one requires such before taslim, another one requires such the after taslim, which one should we do when he is praying by himself? After well, in in this in this scenario, okay, in this particular scenario, do it after, okay, because that's going to cover. The 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 safer position to do it after. The practical point is it doesn't matter, because as we said, and you know what I haven't even got I haven't thought it out in my head, whether that's even possible. And there's no such thing as to sujud al as well. So it's kind of like Yani, you know, you're just creating a scenario that you haven't even really done. I think, I haven't ever thought about it, but I think the point is is that. There's no such thing as two sujudas and so it's only one. So there's no such thing if there are two situations, right? But in fairness, you would say which one gets preponderant? Yeah, okay, that, that that's that, that's a that's a fair question. If there is only one, of course, there's only one. Which one should get preponderance? And the truth is, is that after, after, will cover the much more likelihood of this reality. What do I mean by that? If you've got multiple problems, you've almost always ended up adding to the prayer. That's what I. That's my kind of breakaway kind of like uh, position, if that makes sense. That's my, 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 my rationale for doing it after. However, as I said many times, and I will keep on saying it, if you did it before or after, it's acceptable. This is one of those matters that is acceptable to differ over. Okay? Class position, same as Sheikh Uthameen's position so far, yes. Um, if you have doubted whether you have prayed for rakah, so you... I just want to just finish off that point. Zakaria said, um, uh, uh, thinking, 100%. Yani, I think that when you do it afterwards, you'll always cover all the issues. But anyway, regardless. If you have doubted whether you have prayed for rakah, so you stand up, and then you are sure that you've actually prayed for, do you continue the, the, the rakah, finish it, and then do sajjah? Correct. After. This is tahari. Okay? Afterwards. If one forgets to do it, to do such that and has realized it later, should the salah be repeated? Oh, I said this last week. That's coming up next week. Or that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And the answer is no. Okay, the salah is not repeated. Um, uh, in the Maliki Madhab, a person can join the salah and stay completely silent, not even doing a bit of dhikr, other than takbir tahrim and one taslim, and the salah is valid. The imam literally takes care of everything. So, this is not a million miles away from the Hanafi school as well alright and and a number of scholars actually because of some hadith about the power of the Imam right um, but a number of scholars they considered some of these hadith to be weak um, I know that uh, lots of people asking any random questions in the telegram group if you want to put them here then do it now okay we've got a few minutes to give to some questions okay Right, so the general maxim, obligations for the uh, follower. Obligations for the follower in a jama'ah are pardoned in favor of following the imam. Sajjah is itself wajib, so no Sajjah without doubt. Addition or deficiency if one is praying behind the Imam, except in absolute certainty as covered in previous lessons, unless the Imam himself does a sajda, then the Ma'mum must follow the Imam because you don't know, right? If the Imam misses a wajib and the Ma'mum is certain the Imam missed the wajib, they follow the Imam. Yes, if one joins the Jama'ah, 
If the imam misses a wajib and the mum is certain the imam missed the wajib, they follow the imam. I don't understand the relevance of that point. Even if you're not certain, you'd, you'd, you're going to follow the imam. No? What am I missing? If one joins a jama'ah, they follow the imam wherever he is in the prayer rather than following the chronological order of one's prayer. Yep, that's right. But it is imperative that nothing is missed out from one's prayer, i.e. ensuring making up all the pillars and obligations of the prayer. As soon as one is continuing their prayer after the imam ends the jama'ah, one is totally responsible for the individual part of their prayer. But, uh, 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 so let me just clarify. Okay, Sarah. You've said that, and if you look at the way that your text is written, one is totally responsible for the individual part of their prayer. You're kind of indicating that only mistakes made in that individual part, and that's not the case. So if you made mistakes in the prayer portion of the imam, when the imam was with you, let's say that you prayed three rak'ah with the imam and you got to make up one rak'ah, and you made the mistakes in the three rak'ahs with the imams, and you did your own rak'ah perfectly, you will, di you will still do the sujood al-sahu because you lost the protection for those mistakes in the prayer. It's not about when the mistakes happened. If you are making salah up afterwards, you are on your own for all the mistakes made in the prayer. Does that make sense? Okay? Alright? Alright. Maysara says, My sister went food shopping and only noticed at home that the cashier didn't scan an item Ergo, the item isn't paid for. What would be the correct action in this case? The shop she went to is another city and it would be an inconvenience to go back again because the item in question is of the perishable sort. So in this scenario, one is to contact the uh, uh, call an office and they should ask to speak to someone of authority that can make a decision about this issue. They should explain it. They should say, I'm so-and-so. This is what I've done. And, and uh, I'm a different city and I've used it. And it's something which is, um, uh, you know, it's perishable. And I want to know that I can't go back to that city. Can I make a payment into a direct account of some sort? Now, you have to do that part. And it can't be to some jamchaya and some spoon. It's got to be to someone who's got the authority to make that decision. Because, you know, the, the, I can tell you now, if I'm there in that flipping shop and I picked it up, I'm going to say, oh, don't worry about it and put the phone down. I don't have the authority to do that. Right, but that's I know that's what I'm going to do. Now, I know I'm not even going to get a con in trouble for that. Okay, because that's, that's what, I know that's what my manager would do. But that's what it is. Now, I just want you to know that they factor in in their budgets for this happening. And they're almost definitely going to let you off. But you need to put your effort in to say, um, can I just make a payment? And let them say, no, no, it's okay. Don't worry. Thank you for being honest and all the rest of it. That, you've got to go through the process. Okay. What if your waswas turns you into a regular sajda sahmu dua to the point that's almost becoming of your prayer? How do you deal with this? You deal with this with the same way of waswas. There's no difference. This is all a disease. This is all a major, major problem. And everything that we've said before about dealing with the waswas is how you've got to deal with it. I, I, I don't know how much we, I covered or not. But it's got to be, yani, you know. We've spoken about that a lot. Someone's going to have to show the references. Have I done a review of the Oxford vaccine? Um, no, because... Anyone who's been following, anyone who's been following, you know, this year and me and COVID and all the different things that have popped up, whether it was right at the beginning of the Espran LP, we were, we were uh, justifying and explaining to people the sunnah of how to sneeze and how to social distance from the sunnah. Remember that? That's when people weren't even taking COVID seriously, right? 
then of course COVID and about making sure that we've got our wills and then it goes to funerals and everything. So everything is based upon his right time. So anyone's been following the latest part, which is vaccines, you'll know that I'm really yani, upset with uh, AstraZeneca and Oxford uh, uh, University. Not least for the fact that I've got money in that company and they've been so rubbish. <laughs> so rubbish. Like so poor quality. You know when you see someone who don't know what they're doing? AstraZeneca, I'm not saying that they know what they're doing, but they're not yani, experts in the vaccine game. You know the people who are in the vaccine game, they know the game. The clinical trials yeah, are so poor. Anyway, I don't want to make a long story. I don't want to bore people. But my point is, is that um, no, I can't do a review of the Oxford vaccine because they haven't released the full data, which I like, by the way, because they should release the full data to the regulatory agencies and individual bodies first before anybody else. Okay. Um, uh, so I like that. However, it's such a mishmash that uh, and when I give a review, I like to do it properly. I've done a lot of study into it. I know most. Um, I know more about the Oxford trials and its data and the dosing schedules, easily beyond ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all of mankind because they don't care less. Obviously, it's my interest, but not enough for me to be comfortable with what to tell people to take, for example. And that's going to take a couple of weeks. As for the basic stuff, then I've done my review of that. Its efficacy is good enough to take. It's better taking it than not taking it for the majority of the vulnerable people, certainly. And it's pure. That's the the, the, the beautiful point. It's a, a nice surprise from a complete omnishambles of a company because their, their, their vaccine is cultured in a, a cell culture that has you know, uh, uh, needs genetic, uh, needs a, a medium which is human-based or animal-based. It's not completely synthetic like mrna vaccines and so therefore you know we were easy to be able to say they're pure this one i had doubts all the way although you might remember the lecture that i gave one month ago today or one month and a bit ago it was an lp special no no we did it on a thursday in that lecture you would remember that i said that you know what there's a chance that they're going to have gelatine in it but they'll be stupid to do it and there was a lot of pressure against them to do it not to, to, to do it so they, i think they changed it anyway it's pure it's halal it's good to take, no problem, inshallah, is a summary. I've just written a little summary on Facebook. Right. Um, if you have shares in a company which was Sharia compliant at the time of investing, but this company then uh, announces a new revenue stream, which may lead to a change in that status, e.g. the company is granted a banking license. Is it permissible to wait until the next quarterly result to see if the revenue from haram sources now exceeds 5%? Yes, it is permissible. Okay. I like your question, I like your detail, and I think it is permissible for you to wait. I do not think it's obligatory for you to sell your shares. Okay? Um, as it may become difficult to work out what point the stock became non-compliant within that quarter, and therefore a percentage of the profits are halal. It's allowed for you to wait and to work it out. Now I have no problem with that, regardless of whether it's difficult or not. If the imam misses a wajib and the ma'mum is certain the imam missed the wajib, they follow the imam in continuing with missing the wajib, they do not do the wajib and stop following the imam. Yeah, yeah, correct. When teaching kids salah, is it okay that both parents pray with a bit of variation? Example, one doing rafa'idain and other not doing it. From one side, it feels perfect where of teaching young that some things are not hardcore and both ways are right, but on the other side, it worries me that it can confuse young minds. That is entirely based upon whether you think they're going to get confused or not, okay? Obviously, when they're younger, you don't want to introduce the concept of confusion, and when they're a bit older, but still children, you can. 
So that's not an Islamic answer to that. Islamically, it's fine, but it's got to be done according to the system, uh, according to the kid's ability. Uh, Ali says, in Maghrib prayer, you join the Imam on the second raka'ah and you end up doing three tashahud. Is this correct? That is correct, yes. When you do nafal prayers, and there's no sajda sahu there, there's just making up that extra raka'ah, that's all. Uh, the extra two. When you do nafal prayers at Masjid Nabawi at Riyadh al-Jannah, because you don't have a sutra due to the number of people, should we do nafal prayers there or not? It's okay to do nafal prayer. I don't think it's a major, by the way. There's no hadith yani about the nafal prayer in Riyadh al-Jannah or any actual act of ibadah. Um, but, uh, you know, if a person prays there, it's fine. The, play, the place is meant to be uh, taken opportunity for is, is baraka as opposed to specifics, yani. like acts of worship. There's no evidence for it being there, but other than the aqal, it's a place of paradise, therefore, it's a garden of the gardens of paradise, therefore, we should do worship in it. Yeah, it's fair enough, but it's not something which is, it's not, it's not a necessity. In the Isha prayer, um, and, and, and frankly, you trying to do nafal there causes a lot of problems. It really does cause a problem because, yani, you know, people are walking around in front of you and you have to keep putting your hand up and this and that, whatever. In Isha prayer, if you join the Imam late, <clears throat> okay, I'm only going to do another four or five minutes, okay? If you join the Imam late and at the end of the prayer, the Imam does Sadda Sahu, okay? The Imam does Sadda Sahu, you follow him. Then you get up and make your prayer. That's what we're going to cover next week, okay? Ali? How long before Dhuhr can you pray Salat al-Dhuhr? So right up until Dhuhr, uh, because Dhuhr, right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you're talking about your phone when your app says Dhuhr, then obviously you need to be doing it 20 minutes before that. Because Zawal, which is the haram part of the day, which is what's going to establish the, the start time of Dhuhr, takes about 15-20 minutes. So if you've got a start time on an app or a calendar, you should always look to do 20 minutes, half an hour beforehand. That's the limit, okay? Go back to the prayer times. We've done a lot of that in detail. Anush is LP special session request after the session section is finished. Maybe post-COVID Muslim community issues or mission issues or fireside chat. <laughs> Maybe we can do that, yeah. I have no problem with that, inshallah. Question, sorry if this has been covered before. Ruling on having dolls, junk children, all of it's covered before. Behave yourself, Sarah, okay? It's in the notes. No problem, no problem, and no problem, inshallah, with all of those answers. Details are in the notes. Uh, can you please clarify what you mean by before Taslim? After at tahiyat and after Taslim, after Salat Ibrahim, yet? no, 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 no. I explained this last week. Before Taslim means before you say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. So, after you've finished everything that you want to say in your prayer, all of your Allahumma salli Muhammad, all of your du'a, whatever your du'a you say, just before you're about to say and finish the prayer, as alaykum wa rahmatullah, just before then, you go into two sajda. That's what it means to do the sujood al-sahum before taslim. After taslim is exactly the same thing. You've reached the absolute end of the prayer, finished everything, and then you finish it. You say, as alaykum wa rahmatullah, as if you're about to walk off. And then, after one taslim, you do two Sajda. Okay? Alright. From a Islamic perspective, can it be said due to what is happening in the, to the Muslims in China, it is an action of reward for not investing into Chinese companies who have links with the Chinese government? Yes, I believe it is rewarded if a person believes that they are trying to punish Chinese businesses or the government or the state by reduction of taxes or whatever, and they want a reward for it, uh, to do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to show solidarity, I think they'll get rewarded for it. Is it an actual effective thing to do 
Is it true? Does it work? That's something else. That's a political question. It's something of doubt. That's something which we don't know. But would a person get rewarded for that? In my opinion, I think they would be. Um, has there been fatawa on working in animation? I think I did. I think that I, I did in that in in the in the section. It's a very detailed issue. Uh, maybe even also on Faith IQ. Myself, I've, I think I've covered it in Faith IQ as well. Maybe if I haven't, Sheikh Walid did. Yeah. If one uses a brush for the hair, okay, no more questions, folks. Okay. If one uses a brush for the hair that has hair from a wild pig, is it allowed to be used? This was not mentioned in the class of tanning. I mean, it's obviously best to avoid it because the majority of scholars do not consider the pig to be able to be tanned. However, I think it's flexible. If it's been absolutely tanned or it's, it's, now, it's now gone to a whole different level of a different subject, a different substance, and one cannot yani, uh, determine its nature, then we can do it. Uh, uh, we, can, uh, we can use it. But it's best to avoid it. Okay, what if one of your students tried to do the wudu on the Riyadhul Jannah on your watch? They get a slap like that guy who did that got. Okay, um, close family member always paints humans and animals. Yeah, it's not good, man. It's just risky, that is, isn't it? Okay, it's just risky. I don't want to say it is haram. Okay, I'm 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 of the more liberal opinion. I've covered this in so much detail, man. Okay, painting humans, this, that, etc., etc. And I don't think it's I don't think it's haram, but I'm in the absolute minority. Okay, absolute minority. I wish I knew what Bob Ross is, but I have no idea. Um, no, Umar Ibrahim. I wish that he wouldn't do a session because he's done maybe seven sessions on that. All right. How can you show how exactly to do such after Taslim? Zara, what's going on, bro? How many times have we done this, man? Right. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ala Muhammad. Kama salli ta'ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim inaka hamidu majid. Allah barak ala Muhammad. Rabbi ghafir li warham. Allahumma ala wadhibkin dhabal qabr, dhabal jahannam, dhabal shakti. Okay, done. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Allahu Akbar. Subhana rabbi ala ala. Subhana rabbi ala ala. Subhana rabbi ala ala. Allahu Akbar. Rabbi ghafir li, rabbi ghafir li. Allahu Akbar. Subhana rabbi ala ala. Subhana rabbi ala ala. Subhana rabbi ala ala. Allahu Akbar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. That's after Taslim. Okay? That's after Taslim. As for Rabbi Ghfirli, Rabbi Ghfirli, that's a difference of the opinion, of the difference between the scholars. Some said that everything that happens in Sajda should happen here. I like to say it all the time I'm between the Sajda. If a person didn't, though, it's not a problem. It's Sunnah anyway, of course. All right? Okay, folks. That is it. We are done. Jazakumullah khair. Bob Ross is an amazing nature painter, apparently. Take care, folks. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shadu an la ilaha ila anta wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilayk. To the greatest picture in history. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allahu Akbar. Allah, look at those cheeks. Oh, give me some of those cheeks. Yes, bro. Let me tweak those cheeks.